In just a minute, I'm going to tell you the story of the most famous politician in the entire world. Some people would some people would call him infamous, but you know, potato, potato. <laughs> What's up? This is the Catriot Podcast, and my name is Mark Kane. It's Good Friday, and before we get into that story, and it's a story that I told last year on the show, and I'm actually going to tell a little later on on the show, but I'm going to give you guys I'm going to give you guys the preview because that's one of the benefits of being a subscriber and a listener to the Catriot Podcast. And I wanted to, to talk a little bit about this podcast because I know you guys are noticing some things, some changes. This podcast started as me brainstorming in my car. I would drop my kid off at school um, downtown. It was about 20 minutes from his school to the radio station. And I started to take these like vo voice notes and I would record like, hey, here's kind of what I want to talk about, yada, yada, yada. And I just did it on my phone. Then I would upload it as a podcast and people people started listening to it. And then I thought to myself, all right, well, and now if people are listening to these, it used to be called the pre-show podcast. And it was just basically, you know, thoughts on what I was going to talk about on the show that day. But as as more and more people started listening to it, I started going, well, if they're going to listen to it, I des they deserve better quality. So I upgraded from my phone to a, a like a basically a, a high a high falutin MP3 recorder. Then I didn't like the way that sounded, so I got a new microphone and I plugged it in. Then I thought to myself, there's too much ambient noise from the highway and there's all this road rage. It was me screaming at other drivers that I had to edit out. So that got to be a pain. So then I said, you know what? I'm just going to wait till I get to work and I'm going to record the um, the pre-show podcast uh, you know, at work where there's better equipment. But then I bought even better equipment and a new computer and upgraded it again and found a platform where we could host it and distribute it through Apple, uh, iTunes podcasts and Google podcasts and everywhere else that, you know, podcasts are, are downloaded from. And now we've gotten to the point where after 50 or so episodes, we've moved to a bigger, better, more robust platform that will give us more options. So a lot of you are noticing, hey, I missed a couple of episodes on Apple Podcasts or my Google Podcast isn't downloading or, uh, you know, you haven't updated to Google Podcasts in a while. And that is all true and also not my fault. <laughs> Basically, my point where in, in the migration process, there's been a couple of things that have become problematic, and that is getting the streams and the feeds and the RSSs to all populate, uh, you know, across the board. Um, and so that's what we're working on now. Google should be up and running soon. Uh, Apple should be fine. You should see all the podcasts there. But as I continue to basically turn this from a couple of random voice notes on my iPhone into an actual podcast, I have a whole separate section here too. For I set up a separate section in the studio for the podcast, and there's another microphone, you know, Joe Rogan style. If we ever want to do interviews, we talked about interviewing the bee, not the bee, the mosquito guy. We talked about interviewing Kat Kamek. We talked about interviewing... Uh, Brian, anyone who comes into town, not a lot of people come into Jacksonville, by the way. That's one thing I'm learning. Not a lot of people are like, oh, Jacksonville? Yeah, I'll be right there. But uh, if they ever do, we'll try to snag them and get them, um, get them on the show. Anyway, all right, so that's just an update on the podcast. And I hope that that answers a lot of questions. Let me take a sip of my coffee. And now let me tell you the story of the most famous politician in the world. And again, many of you may remember this from last year. This is not, I'm not reading this. This is the rough version. If you want to hear the, the polished version, you can tune into the show later. But the most famous politician in the world is not somebody that you've ever seen on television. It's not somebody you ever voted for. It's not somebody who goes around the country and holds rallies or who's protested, who people call a racist. It's none of those people. It's not anybody who has invaded another country or started a war or ended a war or dropped a nuclear weapon on anybody. 
It's not anyone who ended slavery. It's not a guy who signed the Constitution of the United States of America or helped to create the greatest nation in the world. It's none of those clowns. The most famous politician in the world was basically a nobody for most of his life. The most famous politician in the world was was just, you know, mild-mannered, had real really, I mean, was not ambitious at all, was a loyal servant, was just trying to get through life and never did anything really of any historical importance as uh as a as a as a politician, as a leader, as a as a ruler. However, there was this one thing this guy did. And this one thing that this guy did not only made him the most famous political figure in all of history, but also changed the world forever in a way that nobody that came before him had ever been able to change the world and in a way that nobody that came after him had ever been able to change the world. And that guy was not a president. He was not a dictator. He was not a sultan. He was a governor of a small province uh, in the Middle East on the Mediterranean Sea named Judea. And that guy's name was Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate, as I said before, was basically a nobody. He was a soldier. He was a foot soldier for Emperor Tiberius of Rome, Caesar Augustus. He was able to, to fight and to win and to not get killed. And as I said before, he didn't cause any problems and make any, any ruckus. So he was awarded with a governorship, which was basically, you know, something given to people that had proven their worth to the emperor. And he was sent to Judea to rule over the territory. And he was a good governor. He didn't do it. He didn't cause any problems, never got in anyone's hair. But again, there wasn't a lot going on in Judea. I mean, as governor of Judea, you wake up, you get the sand out of your shoes, you sit in your little governor area. Sometimes people come to you with qualms or problems or you have to send in somebody to death. But, you know, otherwise, it's pretty it's pretty low key. He had a wife. He lived a good life. And the, if you search the history books before the birth of Jesus Christ, there's very little uh, historically significant things that Pontius Pilate ever did. There's very little historical events that were that were just so monumental that there's a record of them um, and of, of Pontius Pilate's involvement. He was basically just like eh, like a forgettable guy until until Jesus Christ. And this time of year, we all hear the story. This time of year, millions and millions of people all over the world in countries and cities and communities and churches, they tell the story of Jesus Christ and how he was how he was betrayed for 30 pieces of silver and how the Roman soldiers came and grabbed him out of the garden and how he was taken in front of the chaotic mob who wanted him killed to Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea. And Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, was not just the guy in charge of the laws and making sure that everything was working appropriately and nobody was acting out, but he was also the jury and the judge and the executioner, and he was the supreme law. He came directly from Emperor Tiberius. It went Emperor Tiberius to Pontius Pilate, and his job was to do the bidding of the emperor. His job was to protect the empire from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And he didn't have to answer to anybody except Emperor Tiberius. So if you brought somebody in front of Pontius Pilate and you argued your case, he would ask some questions, he would talk to them, he would rule. But what he said, was the law. If Pontius Pilate said it, that's it. We were done. Any governor, the governor of Judea, of Galilee, of any of those provinces out there, if the governor said this is what's going to happen, that's what was going to happen. 
It was a huge responsibility. It was meant for men who were strong-willed, had strong spirits, had strong character, and were just overall strong leaders. And unfortunately for Jesus Christ, Pontius Pilate was not a strong leader. He was not strong-willed. He was not a strong man. Because when Jesus came forward and, and the, the priests and the, and the rabbis said, kill him. He claims he's the king of the Jews. Kill him. He claims he's the son of God. He's a blasphemer. He needs to die. crucify him, is what they yelled. Crucify Jesus. When they did that, Pontius Pilate looked at him and said, what are you? Are you the son of God? If you say I am, blah, blah, blah. He looks at this crowd. Pontius Pilate knows deep in his side that Jesus Christ is guilty of nothing. Maybe, he's, maybe he feels he's a little egomaniacal, maybe a little narcissistic. But is he, is he guilty of blasphemy? Is he guilty of these crimes? Does he deserve to die for what he's done? No, he's killed nobody. He's broken no laws. He's caused no, no concern. He's helped a lot of people. And he's spreading love and peace and joy and whatever. But they, the priests and the rabbis and the temple, they don't want it at all. The crowd can't handle it. They don't like it. They don't want Jesus walking around pretending that he's the king of the Jews. So they take him to Pilate and they say, you're the governor. It's your job. You find this guy guilty. You put him on the cross. Get rid of him. And Pontius Pilate knows deep down inside Jesus is, is innocent. And he even says to the crowd, what has this man done? Why do you want, what do you want me to do with him? And they all just chant, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And he even tries to plead, to bargain with the crowd. He goes, look. I got Barabbas here. Barabbas, we know, is a known criminal. Like, this guy is guilty. I think he probably even admitted it. Barabbas is guilty as sin. I'll do all either. I'll give you Jesus Christ or I'll give you Barabbas. Who should I free? Who should I kill? And they all yell, give us Barabbas and kill Jesus Christ. And so Pontius Pilate, the governor, the law, the supreme law of the land, Pontius Pilate, who answers only to Emperor Tiberius, not the priests, not the rabbis, not the angry crowd, not the Jews. He's a Roman governor who answers only to one person, Tiberius Caesar Augustus, emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. This is the guy that he needs to please. But instead, he gives in to the angry mob. He gives in to the angry crowd. And he says, I know this is wrong. I know this guy is innocent but you guys are mad. You're in my face. You're loud. I'd like you to be quiet. So I wash my hands of it. Here's Jesus. Crucify him. And in doing so, he changes the course of history forever. He, he orders the death of the Son of God. He orders the death of God. He orders the, 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 the Prince of Peace to be killed, slaughtered for all to see. Why? Because he didn't have the strength to tell his people, no, this is wrong. No, you are acting out. No, I'm not giving in to the mob mentality. I will stand here and say, justice will be served by letting this man live. He has not committed any crime against you or humanity. But he didn't do that. He gave in to the mob and he let the mob rule. And as a result, Jesus was crucified. Jesus was crucified. Pontius Pilate goes down in history. The entire world has changed. And now, years later, hundreds and hundreds of years later, in a galaxy far, far away, we look at this example of weak leadership, of spineless leadership, of people who, who give in to the crowd. 
We're seeing it all the time with, with the woke folk. We're seeing it all the time with the loud, angry groups of people that scream and yell at their leaders and say, defund the police, defund the police. We don't like the police. We want you to defund the police. We see it all the time. Fire this person. Cancel this person. Fire. We're not gonna, we don't want this person around. We see it all the time. And what do the leaders do? They give in to the angry mob. Pontius Pilate was the first, but not the last, weak-willed, spineless leader who ceded his authority to an angry group of hateful people. And unfortunately, there are more like Pontius Pilate around today than there are like the strong leaders that Jesus Christ and the Romans needed back then. And when you look at what happens with our leaders today, Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, when you look at what happens with Joe Biden, when you look at what happens in New York City with Bill de Blasio, Eric Adams, when you look at what happens in L.A. with Villanueva, when you look at how these angry mobs get together and are able to take power away from the people who were put in place to keep the peace, when the chaos rules, the peace will be killed, just like the Prince of Peace was killed when chaos ruled back in Judea under the leadership of the most famous politician in the world, or infamous, Pontius Pilate.